Welcome to Talk Your Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Diamond Ariel. And if you're Black, a person of color, or an ally, this podcast is for you. This platform gives Black entrepreneurs and creatives a space to be seen, heard, and understood, to have audacity, talk their shit, and look good while doing it. This isn't a place to be humble, rather to be yourself and take up every inch of space you deserve. So get ready because it's time for you to talk your shit. Hey, 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 y'all. In this episode of Talk Your Shit Podcast, we're going to talk about having audacity and what it means to be audacious in business and life in general. And who better to hear from than a life coach herself? I am joined today by my girl, Ciel. Hi. how are you? Tell the people how you are. Oh my gosh, I'm so good. I'm so excited for this podcast. Like more than any other podcast, I think, but don't tell the others. Oh, well, then we'll make sure they don't listen. I'll just block them in front of you. Well, maybe not block. I'm just, I'm excited that we get to just talk. Yes. Right? Like get to talk. Yes. I'm so, so excited. Okay, CL, so tell us your background, where you're from. What's your story? How did, you know, CL become who she is today? Oh my gosh, that's so much. So I don't have one place that I'm from. I moved around, born in LA, then Calgary, Canada, grew up most of the time in Michigan, then went to France to live for a while, had a ball, came back, did university in Indiana, then went to France to teach, then to Denver because I met a guy. That was hard. Ooh, that, mm, for a guy. Oh, let's just man. say, let's just say, I was like, no, no, people move for me. <laughs> I, yeah, I said the same thing. That was, mm-hmm. so what happened? But you know what? It worked out though. Cause out. we're still together. We have two amazing kids. I adore. Oh, oh gosh. I still think he's so hot. Like, it's <laughs> so well, that's so good. I'm glad you still find him attractive. That'd be concerning. Yeah, so that's, I think, I think those are the locations, I think. And then I'm also, mm-hmm. I'm half Filipino. I know I'm passing white. I'm half Filipino. So I spent a lot of time in the Philippines. So when you say, where are you from? I sort of grew up in a lot of different places. So there's that, which actually leads to my story. And I've been thinking about this a couple, it, it was interesting because, you know, I, I was, it reminded me of a book. So, oh, there's a lot of books in my back. I, background too. Oh, I should do, should I do career too, Diamond? I should Girl, do it all. Let's hear it all. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, So it's like my, here's my resume is I knew I wanted to be a professor young. I think I was 14 and I watched a movie. It's not a great movie, but I watched a movie and I thought, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And so I did it quickly. So I was teaching before I could drink. I was teaching at 20 Mm -hmm. and I've did, you know, I taught 20 years at the university. In that time, I also was a dean at a college. I was a principal at a language immersion school in the area. I was a professional ballroom dancer. I was a barista. I founded and owned an international wedding planning company. So I did that for a Mm -hmm. while. So, and I did all of those things as I was also teaching. And then recently, so over COVID and, and all of those, um, I, I retired myself from the university and did that mm-hmm. about a, almost two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and went full-time coaching. So knew that I wanted to do coaching about two, again, it was over COVID, where I was like, oh, this is what I, 
this is what I love. It's just that 20 years ago, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> so now I'm able to do that. So that's sort of the, that's the career part. Of it. Wow. Okay. So now we're getting into life coaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell us what, how did you even get into that? So like, what was the moment where you were like, man, life coaching, you know, for students is what I want to do. Yeah. So over COVID, my family, we, we were one of those people who bought an RV and just went, we're like, let's just school and work and visit and adventure on the road. And it was one of those, I was, we were driving a lot and I was listening to a lot of podcasts and realized that a lot of the podcasts I was listening to were coaches. Mm. And there was a moment I'm just driving. I just remember the road. It was like this straight road, mountains on both sides. And I had this moment of, wait, I could do coaching. Like that's actually what I love to do. And I can do it on my own terms and I can make the money that I want to make doing it. Mm. And I think it was those three components together that had me really consider it because I love teaching in the classroom. Teaching was always, I loved it once I was in the classroom, but I was not in love with the systems at play Mm -hmm. and the education system and how undervalued, underappreciated and underpaid I was. It was, I mean, that's also one of the reasons that I started all these other companies. So it's like, I had a vision for my life in order to make the money. It wasn't going to be in education. I got you know, I gotta go find the other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a way of really realizing it's like, that's actually foundational to my teaching. Like I love English and literature and such, but in the grand scheme of things, like the purpose of my life is not to teach thesis statements. <laughs> right? You know, that'll do it. <laughs> I mean, I do love the thesis statements and I love making it easy for people. But what I loved was behind the scenes, right? It's like, what do the students get by knowing that they can actually understand something that they never thought they'd be able to understand. At that point, they know that they can tackle anything. Then they're like, of course I can graduate this college thing. Or learn it, like somehow me being in the classroom, you know, they'd leave and they'd write me a note and say, thanks for everything. I I realized I could be a big boss with having Mm. you as my professor. It's like, those are the things that I love. And it just took me... Honestly, it took language to know like, oh, I've actually been coaching, honestly, my whole life. I just didn't know that that was coaching. Mm. So I just took it and I'm going, doing it. You're going and you're changing lives. And uh, y'all, we going we gonna to talk. We going to let her tell her. Oh. Tell her shit. Talk her shit. Tell her, you know, what kind of results she out here giving to them. Because I know, I know. Mm-hmm. I know we got some good results. <laughs> I mean, but that's because humans are amazing and I work with amazing people. And you're an amazing coach. That's very, very important as well. I am. That is, I am good at what I do, Diamond. I am. (laughs) Yep. I've been at it for a while too. (laughs) Are you wanting me to tell you results right now? Is that that face that you're making at me? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We got to ease them into it. You know what I'm saying? I'll wait. I'll (laughs) wait. So as you do, uh, you know, these coaching for students and everything, and you're teaching them like, hey, um, you can be great. You know, you have uh, these skills, you have these talents, like you are worthy of this. And basically you're teaching them to be audacious. I am. So for you, what does it mean to be audacious? What does it mean to have audacity 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay, y'all. The, the so I was a professor at English, so I sort of did a little bit of a dive into mm. the word. Wow. And so, audacious and audacity come from the French, like audacieux, mm. and it really is. It's like courageous from the heart. It's being brave. It's being confident. It's being strong. All those things that we think about, right? Boldness. But here's what was so interesting is in the origin of like the root word, there was a, it was seen as a bad sense, right? Like you didn't want back in the day, you didn't want to be called audacious because mm. it meant that you were, here's the terminology, unrestrained from propriety. So like property. So it was like audacious meant you were going against the rules. Mm. Audacious meant you were break. You know, you weren't playing by what powers at B told you you should be. And at, when I got that, I was like, "That is audacious for me." Like that's honestly, if you when you ask my story, that I feel is my story. It reminds me of a book by. It's called Patrons. I think it's Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Ribe. He's a Filipino-American author. And it's just in the very beginning. You know when they say, like, thank you to whoever, this is. This book is for whoever? Mm -hmm. He wrote to the hyphenated. And mm -hmm. I felt so seen in that moment because that's what I feel my life has been is I'm the hyphen. I've mm -hmm. been wanting to break the rules, but I've also wanted to be a good girl. Right. I feel like mm -hmm. I've been the split. I'm Filipino and mm -hmm. I'm also a passing white American. I'm intelligent and smart. And I also want to have fun and want to be sensual and want to like be sexy. And mm -hmm. I think growing up, that wasn't the story I was told I could be right. The yeah. virtuous good girl had to be quiet take up a little bit of space. Oh, you know this one, right? Girl. Quiet. Are you kidding? My cousins, I used to sit and my cousins used to close my legs because that's wow. what a demure mm -hmm. girl is supposed to do. And I'm yeah. like, right? So then I would do that. And in my brain, I'd be like, are you kidding? I want to sit the way that I want to sit. Right. So I've always been that hyphen in between. But as mm -hmm. a kid and growing up, I thought I had to choose. It had to be this or that. Mm -hmm. And I think as I've gotten older, I've realized that the hyphen gets to be and. And that, um, I think, is the audacity. Diamond is like being able to be like, I can say that I'm an academic and professional and I love my people hard. I can demand mm -hmm. respect in places while dancing. Right. I get to be intelligent and I get to love sex at the same time. Like it can mm. be all mm. <laughs> and breaking <laughs> those societal rules. Yes. Me happy on so many, so many ways. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's, it's not easy, no. but I feel like it's so worth it and it allows me to just, it's like be free. But I think that's what you said. Like you, right. When you started introducing this idea, you said, you get to show people what they can be. Mm -hmm. And I'd actually venture to say I'd change one word. It would be, I get to actually show people a mirror of who they already are. Mm. And 
I get to show them that whatever society and narratives and systems oppression have showed them that they are not good, they are not worthy, they are not enough, mm-hmm. I get to start to peel back those layers so that they really get to see that, oh, I already have been amazing. And mm-hmm. once they can let those go, then they do actually create amazing things. Okay. That was a long way. <laughs> no, that was amazing. <laughs> so good. I'm like evaluating my life right now. <laughs> okay. That now is- I want to know how. <laughs> like, tell me more. <laughs> because that is so, so good. So rich because, oh my gosh, I go so many ways with this. <laughs> I'll okay, go any way with you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh, there's a couple of ways that like are the most prominent. So one is how I grew up, right? So growing up, I always felt out of place. I was always breaking the rules. Like people told me that I talked way too much and I let that silent me. Yes. I let that be like, okay, well maybe I shouldn't talk too much, but even even when I tried to be quiet, I couldn't. I would always get in trouble for talking in class. I would always get in trouble for talking, you know, at the day at daycare. I got I'm not gonna lie, I got hit. I would get abused for talking too much at oh the daycare. My mom doesn't even know this to this day, but I literally got punished for talking too much because I was always talking, would always have something to say. Yeah. Whether or not, you know, people would like it or not, I always had something to say. And here I am starting a podcast. (laughs) Exactly what is needed in this world. I'm using what I got in trouble for Mm -hmm. to, you know, give a platform for other people as well. Yeah. And and I think that is super important because what you got in trouble for is most likely like what that's your superpower. Yeah. Can we just talk about too the queen of audaciousness, Lovey Jones? Lovey the dying joke. Can we just because I peeped on your website and I saw a quote. I say, oh no. Oh, baby. Uh huh. Love, 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 lovey. Okay. Like, she is on my my bucket list of people to meet. Okay. Yes. There's like Rihanna, there's Jack, (laughs) (laughs) there's Rachel Rogers, and then there's lovey. And lovey. Oh, girl, we're going to be, don't you worry. We'll we'll meet, we'll meet all of them. We'll be, those are our people. (laughs) she, She is so. Just unapologetically herself, she mm-hmm. is like the definition of audacious, and she yes. teaches others the same as well. And I've like binge her books, I've read her books, I've listened to her podcast. Like I just stalk her social media. Like I, I just love what she stands for. Yes, and I think that is so important, especially for the younger generation, and you know the older generation as well. For us now, like I didn't have what you're doing. I didn't have that when I was younger. I felt like I couldn't be myself. I felt like I couldn't you know, be loud. I felt like I had to choose one. And that led me into like this identity crisis and into depression and just led me me into a a spiral of like, who the hell am I and what do I do? And yeah, I just, I just think that is so important. And is oh my gosh, just, you get to be both. You get to be that and that hyphen. And that is so, so important. And I am realizing that now as I am, you know, getting older and growing into what I want to do and who I am, like I can be both loud and colorful, but also be that quiet person who, you know, who may just want to be isolated sometimes who maybe I just need to sit in the moment with this person who just, you know, just needs to sit in quiet. Maybe yes. this is what they need right now. I can, oh my gosh, that is just, that is just so good. 
But I, so think, I love that you said that because I think we don't honor that we are multifaceted all the time. Yeah. Right? Like I am introverted. People don't believe mm-hmm. me, but like mm-hmm. I am introverted. Am I good at being with people? Absolutely. But I absolutely need quiet time. Yes. I need my space and not like it's wrong. I mean, you're not the only one. And, and again, I spent a lot of times with young adults. Of course, and so mm. there, there's the idea of like feeling like we have to mask up. When I was in college, mm. I'm very, I just have this really clear memory of, I was drawn to these books called like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Picture of Dorian Gray. It's all these ones that have a monster inside. Mm-hmm. And that's how I interpret it, Diamond. is like, oh, I'm this like... I'm the good girl, right? I, mm-hmm. I do all, I, I, I do great in class. I'm nice with people and I'm polite. And it's like, I'm that, whatever that image is. Mm-hmm. And everything that, like you said, everything that I knew I was, but had to shut down, but I was real aware it was there. The mm-hmm. person who loved to party, the person who loved to have fun, the person that mm-hmm. was loud as crap, the person mm-hmm. that was like excitable and loving and wanted to hold people's hands. Like I knew that part was, and I thought I had to, I interpreted it as being like my monster that I had to hide. Mm-hmm. Right. Like talk about identity crisis and not being able to trust yourself and being like, holy crap, is this the rest? Like having to hide an entire half of yourself or three quarters of yourself to fit this mold that was again, never designed for us. Yes. Like, yes. No. And so I think that's why I get to, I think that's why I love young adults so much is like, I get to just say like, you already are fantastic. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. The stories that have been told to you, they're the, do I get to curse on here? Yes, girl. girl. It has a password in it. Okay. It has shit. Okay. So if you already don't like the title, you should be listening to it or be on this podcast. Okay. All right. I feel like society is always telling us all the ways that we fuck up and that we're fucked Mm -hmm. up. And I feel like, honestly, one of my gifts is I get to be like, no, they're the ones that have fucked up that we have not done right by you as a society. Mm. And you now like just exactly what you're doing. You get to use your voice to change lives. Mm. Us being loud, us being visible, that changes the systems of oppression. Talk mm. about revolutionary. When you're talking about audacity, us <laughs> taking up space and being visible, yes. we don't do that when we're quiet. We don't get right. to do that when we're burnt out and tired and doing all those things. No, no, no. No, we're not doing that anymore. Mm-mm. We're owning it all. All of it. And that, oh, oh my God, that just blows my mind because, oh, <laughs> oh my God. It's so, like, <laughs> because like, okay, for so long, especially with minorities and black people and indigenous people of color, like we are taught to be quiet, to not be too loud, not be too much especially black women. We are known for being loud. We are known for just being ourselves and society has done so well at being like, no, you need to be less so that we can be more, you Uh know? And that has been through generations and we are, and I love being, being able to see like how we are coming out, you know, about ourselves now, how we are being loud, how we are being unapologetic, be audacious. We're starting businesses. We're making millions of dollars, like being billionaires. Okay. 
Shout out to Rihanna. Okay. That Super Bowl. I, mean, I I couldn't talk. You know, my, my husband actually was like, You're not dancing the way that, I usually am squealing and dancing, right? Like yes. whenever I see her. Yes. And I was like, I was actually shushing him. I was like, don't, don't talk. I just gotta she I was like, did you not just see that she just walked? And I, like, my mouth dropped. I was like, the power of even her just walking, this is what we need in this world. She didn't even have to walk. She just stood there. I was like, she did it. She could leave now. She didn't even got to perform. I mean, yeah. ma'am, please perform because, you know, it's been a minute. But, like, I wish that on everyone. I wish that power on everyone. Like, she could just stand there and just the energy, you can feel it. Yeah. Like, she doesn't even have to say anything. Okay, and she's already making an impact. She's already has this type of power. And I wish that power for us. I wish that power for us because that is how we change the world. That is how we change the narrative. And that is how we continue to be audacious. Yes. And we teach others before us as well to do that. So then, I Diamond, that I want to know something. Is that oh, okay oh, if I ask you a question? Go, go ahead. Here's what amaz- is amazing to me is you you were physically assaulted for being too much and talking too much as a kid. And now you're leading a podcast and with really the sole purpose of changing lives and being visible, like making, allowing a space for people to really be themselves, masks off, audacious, all of themselves. What for you allowed for that shift? Cause you could have stayed small and you didn't. I prepare for this. <laughs> that is so good. I think what shifted for me is that the moment that I, I decided to not, to no longer be quiet, it took me honestly going through depression. It took me falling apart before I could piece myself back together. So back in, you know, 2016, so I grew up with, you know, single mother. So I was always, you know, trying to figure out who I was because my dad wasn't around. And when he wasn't around, he wasn't really around. So he really wasn't around. Mm -hmm. And then, so because I didn't have that guidance, because I felt like, you know, I was silenced and forced to be a different person. I, you know, had this mental breakdown. And so in 2016, 2015, I was in a hospital for a night. I had a panic attack, Mm -hmm. passed out, not breathing, ended up in the hospital. And at this moment it was like, man, I just want to die. Like, I don't even care about life anymore. And it took so much out of me to where my parents literally have to carry me to my to my bed that night because I couldn't walk. Like, it took so much energy. Everything that I had piled up just erupted at once. And <clears throat> from there, it was like I was slowly putting myself back together. But it was like I still didn't want to be here. And so I fast forward somehow, graduated college to get my bachelor's. I remember my first night at a university, I was like, yeah, this is, this is the night that I'm going to end it because I just can't anymore. And so I ended up meeting this girl that day. Cause I was at some kind of, I was like with sorority when they're doing like the sorority things and they're trying to the like, rush. you know, pick who, yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And I, I didn't really care for rush. I was just there because my roommates were like, I want to 
Rush? And I was like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sitting there and this little white girl comes up to me and she's like, hey, you want to rush? I'm like, no, I don't think I want to rush. It's away from here. Um, but thank you. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, she started talking to me and I was a little hesitant because I was like, who's this white girl talking to me? Um, and she, you know, invited me to like this party. And so I went to this party and that's when I got to, you know, really kind of talk to people more. And so I met this woman and she was like, hey, um, I'm getting married in, you know, a couple of months. You should come. And I was like, what? I'm wanted, you know? And so that was the moment where I was like, okay, maybe there is something more to live for. And so here I am today. Um, <laughs> so after it took that, it took me being broken down in order for me to get back up. And so when I moved to Germany for two years after I graduated, I decided to move to Germany. And that is when I really came into terms of like, I'm the shit. <laughs> like I, I, I am the shit. Okay. And I can motivate and encourage other people too to be the shit because they are, you already are. You just need that right person to be like, go do it. You need that one, that one moment, to, that one person to change your life, to see something in yourself that you can even see before. And while I was in Germany, I had friends and people who saw things in me that I didn't even know was there. And they pushed me to, you know, be a stylist. So I started fashion styling and I did, you know, styling for um, people who vogued and for queer people. And I just did all that and for local musicians and got published in magazines. And so that was like the turning point. I was like, oh my God, I am amazing. And And I was seeing all these creatives, like, not being recognized for their work the way that they should have been. And I was like, what can I do about that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the only thing at the, my mind at that time was like, oh, I could just, you know, I can get to know this person. I can coach them. I can style them. And then, you know, appearance, because, because appearance does matter. And so when you appear, you know, as a certain way with a certain image, people are automatically attracted to you. And that is when you attract, you know, what's yours. You attract the right people. And mm-hmm. you can attract that client that could change your life forever. And so... I realized I could do more when I was sitting on the couch with my best friend. We were just having a conversation. Yes. And these conversations were so rich that we were having. It was like, more people need to hear this. Like, why are we just having this conversation on the couch? Mm-hmm. We should start a podcast. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh my God, let's do it. <laughs> I love it. So he's actually in the first episode, y'all. Mark Vicky <gasps> Sanchez. That's my bestie. And that is who pushed me to be like, start this podcast what are you doing and so originally we were gonna you know start together but then he got this amazing role and he was like hey this is more your vision than it is mine i'm gonna support you every step of the way but you need to do this and i was like bet so i was like all right so i came up with the name and i just like i just went for it you know and i started and as i'm interviewing these people i'm like more people need to know about you Ah, so i i think that was the moment where i was like we can we can do more and then being at ROI also opened my eyes like whoa I can definitely do more even though you know I have this small platform right now but eventually it's gonna grow oh and I I don't want to be the only person on that platform I don't I don't want to be the only person at the table at the space I want to invite others and others who you know may be smaller but who are hella talented like the girl who who created my intro music She's like literally 19. Okay. She is young. And I paid her because I'm like, I want you to create this intro. I want you to create music because I know you're good at it. I just see this podcast going from, you know, this simple, like, 
okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going for it. So, like, I know what the fuck I'm doing, and we finna go book around the next week. It's, be- oh, it's coming. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's coming. All right, she's going to hear this and be like, I'm in. I'm in completely. But I guess there's two things that you keep ta- like that keep coming up when you, you talk. One is the importance of community that I've been ta- thinking a lot about, especially yeah. over the past couple months, and that it's, you know, February and Valentine's Day, and that's when this is recorded. I don't know when this is going to be <laughs> out. Um, but here's, I do want to recognize you before we move forward in that you – and I think about this in coaching is I get to say words and I get to support, but it's the people who it, it, you interpret it. However, you're going to interpret it. You run with it. However, you're going to run with it. That's on you, right? You may put my face on it, but really the breakthroughs are you and you were able to understand on a very cellular level that you are wanted. And you went to believing that you're amazing, which many human beings do not. They'll think, oh, it's a fluke, right? That's our tendency, especially as women, especially as BIPOC women, especially as LGBTQIA women. Like there's mm-hmm. more in marginalized communities. It's, it's palpable to just pretend that we're not amazing and say it's because of everything else. And mm-hmm. you did not stand for that. You are able to realize that you are amazing and that you do, you can take up the space to create this podcast and that you using your voice will make a difference for people. I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) So I wish I could like go through the screen and hug you. (laughs) So I love it. I love it. And then you brought up like community. Mm -hmm. Here's what I've been thinking, because I think this is something that, then I hear it a lot, especially this month. With Valentine's Day, there's a lot of humans who I've been coaching who will say, well, of course I don't have the love of my life. Of course I'm lonely because I haven't worked my shit out yet because Mm -hmm. I don't love myself completely. So therefore, I don't deserve love. And I Mm -hmm. call bullshit. Mm -hmm. I know like there is a part of the truth of like, there is some truth to it of like at least believing or trusting that you're deserving of it or that Mm -hmm. you're worthy of an amazing relationship. I understand that, but it doesn't, it's not all of it. Like just what you said is it can take somebody like seeing ourselves the way somebody else sees us, Mm -hmm. seeing the love, experiencing their love for us, experiencing their excitement for our gifts. And all of a sudden we're like, wait, maybe I do have a gift. Wait, Mm -hmm. they adore me just as I am. Maybe I have things that I can adore too. Maybe I do have qualities that light people up or have people feel loved. And I think that we, I don't, it could just be my perception. I could be wrong, but I think we discount how important that is and that it doesn't have to be, I do it all by myself, mm-hmm. that, that it's a give and take. There is a synergy that happens and a magic that happens when we are with other people. And you yeah. spoke so beautifully to that, that it took a couple people at a party to say, you're wanted, please be mm-hmm. with me. And you were able to then do whatever it needed to, you needed to do to dig yourself out of the hole. Yeah. 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 
So yeah, I think that that is very, very powerful. And community is very important. Like I wouldn't have been able to get to where I am, stay alive, <laughs> be here, you know, if I ha- if I didn't have community. And that is something that I want to create with this podcast. Like even though you haven't met me before, no, you have. But <laughs> But the people, some yeah. people who are listening have never met me before. And so I want them to get that sense of community that like, even though I've never met you, I don't know you, I'm cheering you on. Uh-huh. If you need that cheerleader, I got you. Okay. Yeah. If you need someone to hype you into oblivion, to forget, you know, for you to be humble because we're not being humble. We, humbleness doesn't exist on this podcast. <laughs> you know that. We're not humble here. We're conceited uh-huh. as hell. Okay. We're, we're not. No. Yeah. Oh, and can it's- I tell them the story of when I met you? Can I just tell them a little Girl, bit of how I, I like fangirled? Can I? Okay. Let's, let's- you may not remember, so let me just tell them. <laughs> so y'all who are listening, we are at this conference in Puerto Rico, <laughs> and this girl, your girl Diamond, posts on like the page, and she has <laughs> photos that are amazing. She's like, I'm gonna be there. Anyways, I saw the post and I was like, of course I need to meet this woman. <laughs> and everybody's like, can you please do these workshops so that we can learn about styling? And she's like, yes, yeah, sometime I'll create it. I wake up at the butt crack of fucking dawn to get into this brain date with her. And it's full, y'all. It's like, I'm like, what? Did people do this at two o'clock in the morning on what? They literally did. Yeah, they well, whatever. Did. You know what? At that point. I'm not as cur- I was cursing at them. I'm like, how dare they take my spot? Whatever, it's fine. So fast forward, we're in Puerto Rico. Oh my God. I mean, here's what's amazing. I think this is like uh-huh. speaking to the trust and audacity and just try, like, I, oh, how about like just honoring myself and my, what I wanted. And it was like, mm. at some point in the first day, I was like, I'm just going to trust that I'm going to vibe with the people that I vibe with. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to act fakey. I'm just going to trust that people are going to come into my lives. I'm supposed to meet and that's going to be good. It's going to be amazing enough. It's going to be amazing. That's, that's the, the breakthrough. The first table, like we're wa- trying to find lunch tables. I sit down next to this amazing woman here i just sit down and i ask her who she is and she tells me you guys i i think you noticed i started tearing up i was like she was so emotional like oh my god i'm so sorry do i hug you i think and i think it really was it's like the people come into our lives who are supposed to be in our lives And that's what Mm. I felt in that moment. It was sort of sitting down. It felt so serendipitous. Mm. I think it was that too. If we're going to bring it back to audacity, it was like me being bold enough to just trust myself and not do the the standard, like I'm going to meet every single human being in the world and and rug myself ragged. Me being audacious enough to be like, no, I get to do it my way. And then it was like, of course I sat next to the the human being that I wanted to meet. Like, of course I did. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> here we are. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. That was, that was definitely a, a golden moment. And it's crazy too, because I, I was like, oh, CL, okay. And then I remember seeing your name being spilled. I was like, oh, I know who that is because I stalked her. <laughs> I, remember, I remember you commenting and then like liking a, a comment or something. And I was like, okay. 
Oh, and so oh. I like kind of stalked you a bit. And then so like oh. when I saw your name, I was like, oh, that's her. Oh my God. That's so crazy. <laughs> that's so crazy. But the brain date, I literally, I literally, I'm not lying. Like I literally posted it late in the butt crack of night. Like, cause uh-huh. who the going to be awake, right? Uh-huh. And I woke up to it at six in the morning booked. And yes. I you not, people literally was, were up at 1, 2 a.m. booking. And I'm like, what are y'all doing up at 2 a.m.? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you doing? Waiting for like, you. Okay. <laughs> you know that thing where you're saying, you said, like, you realize that you're wanted? You're wanted. You're effing yes. wanted. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, if I could have done more brain dates, I definitely would have. I definitely would yeah. have. Yeah. No, but well, then yeah. she doesn't need a brain date, y'all. Just hire her for amazing styling and her energy. And I'm just, shout out. She's. She's fucking phenomenal. There you go. Here we go. We're, we're phenomenal. <laughs> and you are phenomenal, girl. So tell us. Tell oh, us yes. the story of your first audacious decision. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. That's okay. Hold on. I have a, um, okay. I can, I can talk my, <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So here's, I've always been humble about my intelligence. I'm not being humble Actually, actually, this is the first time I'm actually saying this, right? Like, I usually don't call myself smart. Yes, mm. I've got the doctorate, and I, you know, like, there's all those things, but it's like I don't use those words usually. And, and mm. the, but here's, and I tend to slough this off. But in college, I, I worked it out. Like, I was a double major, maybe a triple major, no, double double major and a minor. And I came into school with a lot of AP credits. And then I was able to transfer out of a lot of, like, I got a lot of credits for testing out of languages. Mm-hmm. In any case, right, there's, like, the systems at play that are, like, you need to get your degree in four years. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, no. <laughs> I'm looking at these numbers here. Like I'm looking at the credits and I should be able to do a double major and a minor in less than three. And I remember the advisor being like, there's no way. And I'm like, well, let me show you here this, there you go. And then she was like, Oh, I've never seen that before. And to me, Diamond, it wasn't a big deal. I would say that, like, my audacity is that I've always been able to at least see what's possible, especially with mm-hmm. other people. But it's like, at least, I'm like, if I think it's possible, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and do it. And so I did. I actually graduated double major and a minor in three years. And then I was at, I went into right directly into the doctoral program, into the graduate program. And I was what's called ABD. So it's like all but dissertation within a year. So I was able to complete my master's and most of my um, doctorate within a year. So I was graduating. I decided to do a terminal master's and go to France because I was so disillusioned with education at that point. But so I decided to do a terminal master's. But I was graduating with my master's that at the same time that my friends that I started college with were graduating with their undergrad. Girl. So when you when people say like those are those things, those rules where they're like, this is how it's supposed to be, I'm like, no, doesn't doesn't have to be and it doesn't have to be crazy hard and I'm just gonna do it. And it wasn't crazy hard, so I don't think I took like I was just like, This is just what I did. But I seriously and that was the year I already they already asked me to start teaching in that program. So I legit was teaching at the college level. I was 19 or 20. I think I was 20, maybe, because I remember my colleagues being like, let's go to the bar. And I'd be like, how about pizza? 
I can't get into the bar. <laughs> wow. That, that was my, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't have called it audacious back then, but now thinking back, I think mm-hmm. when we're talking about like not conforming, mm-hmm. I think that's how I think of not like audacious, not conforming, not me, not meeting the status quo. Cause I could have very well took the seven or eight years. It says people say mm-hmm. like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. No. And I and I love that you you saw that because man, first of all, I'm appalled. Okay, do you think <laughs> I'm appalled. appalled by? I'm a shook. I'm taken aback. Okay, <laughs> the fact that first of all, you finished your bachelor's in like f- double mind that in like three fucking years, and then you just completed a master's and a doctorate. Like. And I- <laughs> same time your your friends completed the bachelor like the doctorate took longer i will say that because i got so i got most of the coursework done i do have to say and then i stopped it and then i picked up the doctorate when it felt better for me so i'm just gonna do that that's but. phenomenal because i couldn't imagine myself <laughs> going past a bachelor's degree because you know different for what, <laughs> for what? I get it. Oh, I still ask that for, and I, I will say this too, y'all. I am not a proponent for everybody going to college. Let's just say that for real. Right. So, and I know that too. I will have lots of parents who are like, my kid needs coaching because they need to go to college. And I'm like, I'm not the person for you then. Like I will vouch for them if it's right for exactly. them. Awesome. But if it's not right for them, also awesome. We're going to, it's going to be for them. Yes. And that's the perfect leeway into so the kind of challenge, <laughs> the kind of challenges that you have faced in your business and you know what steps you took to overcome them, because like you're talking about right now that you dealt with like parents who are like, I need you to teach my kids, tell my kids to go to college so they can listen to me and do what I want because I want to live through them. And it's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm. so what kind of challenges have you faced and how have you overcome them to then, okay. then that's what we're going to get into Oh, okay. The results, baby. Ooh, okay, okay. We're coming around. Look, I see you. We're coming. Okay. (laughs) Got a whole process. I love it. You like saw this through. Um, (laughs) So here's what's interesting. I'd say that my biggest challenges have honestly been with me. And Mm. and actually, hold on. It's me within the, f- the context of living in a society that is capitalistic, industrial, patriarchal, like all of these things that have me rush and always feel like I have to be doing. And, you know, when I say that I'm self-retired, mm-hmm. I, I mean it in a sense of I want my, the rest of my life to feel retired. I want Mm -hmm. to feel joy and ease and like, I love the pace of my days and that I'm at choice and that I'm not living by somebody else's timeline, right? Or value Mm -hmm. system. And starting this business, I knew that I wanted to do it my way. But Diamond, that has been, that's been the challenge is that I keep Mm -hmm. going to these patterns of like, Ooh, productivity, or I'm not making enough money fast enough, or if I just did these things and did these molds the way that other people have said it, and then realizing when I'm in it, it's like, oh shit, this does not feel good. This is not what I'm standing for. Mm -hmm. And 
recognizing my flow, recognizing my cycles, trusting that my creativity is going to ebb and flow and to be able to just count on like, that's exactly what's needed. Mm-hmm. So I'd say the biggest hurdles untangling the business that I want to build and mm-hmm. have it be my own separate from every other business that I've seen mm-hmm. um, and trusting that that's okay. And it's going to work. Work. It is. <laughs> and it is working. So okay. I, I don't know why the fuck it's working. Ooh, tell me, tell me. Because, baby, the results. Okay, let's talk about the testimonials. Okay, let's talk about the testimonials, the results, the receipts. Okay, okay. talk your shit, sis. Tell us. Oh, God, this is going to make me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the results. I think the, re- the biggest result I can say is that human beings and, and – I do want, like, I do a lot of groups for young adults, but I coach all age ranges one-on-one. But people leave, no matter what the sessions, the things that I hear the most is I feel like a weight has been lifted or I feel lighter. Mm -hmm. The the biggest one that I've been getting recently is that, and it reminds me when you were talking about the depression, is people have been saying that they feel hope again. Mm -hmm. Um. There was another, you know, or that, I mean, and there's the tangible results, but those are the things I think that really, you know, it has me sit back and say, wow, I can be a space for people to show up as themselves. I mean, I have mm-hmm. just, just, I had a, a client who, who legit told me, he said, this is the first time I can remember. So at least in the last five or six years, that I was able to be myself completely. This is the longest I've been myself in the past five or six years. I mean, and that for me is such a gift that I, that I get to be a space and that people trust me enough to do that. So there's results like that, that come up. And then there's the, you know, there's the tangible results of graduating college when they never thought they could being able Mm. to coach a lot of people with ADD, ADHD, and having them learn that there's nothing wrong with them, that there's a genius. And when they get that, then realizing that they can do school on their own way and graduate and have whatever career that they want, even though society has said that that's not going to work for them. So Mm -hmm. I love that. I love people create, I mean, I, what else? There's like the, the people that I love. These are the ones where they're like, okay, one day in the future, maybe after when I'm in my thirties, I'm going to have this business that I really want. And then diamond, like seriously, within six months, they have started the business. They have made enough money in the business to leave the job that they don't want to be in anymore while going to school. I know. Am I speaking your language a little bit? Right. And it's like, and then, and they're like, wait, I didn't have to do it in 10 years. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You did it in two months. I, oh, my God. And I hate that society makes you think it's going to take you 10 years to be uh-uh. successful in the fucking business. <laughs> no, no. We do not have to take that long. And here's, I love this quote. I think there's truth and right? Like, it can happen fast. It mm-hmm. absolutely can. And also, there's, we over, I think we overestimate what we can do in a year or for example, Mm -hmm. a month or a week. And we underestimate what we can do over five years, over 10 years. But what Mm -hmm. happens when we do that and we don't celebrate is like, if we don't see something happening or traction in the first month, 
or a year because society again has said like, oh, it has to be so fast and you're going to see these results. Da, 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 and if you're not making this kind of money and all this stuff, then mm -hmm. you're a failure. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. So we give up way too fast versus celebrating. Hold up. You want to do this sustainable. Just imagine what this is going to be in two years, three years, five years, 10 years. Like just imagine. And I get to be the cheerleader that holds, that shows people the mirror of like, wait, remember when you told me, I know it's going to feel like shit right now. Mm. But let's celebrate. And, and remember, let me show you the progress. Let me show you just like two weeks ago where you were at. Are you kidding? Mm -hmm. There was yesterday. Oh, I'm just going to go. Come I, on, girl, go home. Yesterday. All right. So we <laughs> spoke one time before yesterday. And at that point, they were not sure if they wanted to be in the marriage. They weren't like just really down, not like feeling, um, what is the word for not powerful? Not powerful? <laughs> They're feeling weak. They were feeling weak. Like they were a victim. Like there's no mm -hmm. way out. Just really disillusioned with life. Like what's next? No hope. And I spoke with her yesterday conversation, like it's possible. She's already had a conversation with her husband. She's realized this is what I want. This is what I need. If you're not going to do it, I realize that my life is going to be just fine without you. I really want it to be with you, but mm -hmm. these are my standards. This is who I am. This is who I'm going to become. And I'm, or I'm becoming. And I was like, who? That is revolutionary. <laughs> okay. See, you've done and she's like wait I don't want to go back she's like I just I'm so afraid mm -hmm. that I'm gonna go yeah. back into that box and here's I think what's amazing is there's no actual way for us to go into that box the growth has already occurred we've already experienced life outside of that box it's sort yeah. of like as living a life thinking like I'm gonna get to a size four or a size six that I was when I was 14 mm -hmm. right it's like there's no way like, I just don't think my bones, even if it was, if I was just bones, I don't think I'm going to be a size four, <laughs> right? But society, yeah. right? Or there's like these narratives out there that are like, mm -hmm. in order to be worthy and enough, mm -hmm. da, 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 you've mm -hmm. got to try to fit yourself back into this thing that is called a size four versus there ain't no way I'm going to be a size four anymore. I've outgrown that. I'm like, whatever, the chrysalis has gone. I am now the fucking butterfly. I have flown. There's no way I can go back into that cocoon anymore. So all of this talk of like, I'm so afraid that I'm going to go backwards. It's like, it's just actually not even possible. The results this week. <laughs> Baby, if these are the results this week, I need to know what the results were over, over time. Because... Come That's, join. I'm here. <laughs> Available. Hey, I might. I'm going to have to add you to my list. Rihanna, right? Pull up. I'm here. Pull. Start. Okay. Are what I wish I had before, like when I was younger, because I felt like there was something wrong with me. Like I wish that someone had told me there is nothing wrong with you and meant it. And had I gotten that sooner, I probably wouldn't have went through most of the shit that I did because I went through that because I felt like I had to be someone else because something was wrong with me. And I felt like things were happening and a lot of people were leaving me because like I wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. And that is so, so good and so important that you are doing that. And baby girl, I commend you. Okay. And I am rooting for you. And I'll be sending all people to you because you are phenomenal. You are the shit. You are the life coach. Okay. Life. I just, I, 
How about we just have no word? I'm just trying to receive from you. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. And you are not allowed to be humble. Okay. Okay. Humble no more. No. Humble no more. No, humble no more. Because you are amazing. Thank you. Yes. And I I love it. I love being that for people. (laughs) So thank you, baby girl. So closing out, what are three pieces of advice that you want to leave for young adults or, you know, adults? Adults? (laughs) Listening. All right. Three pieces of advice. Ooh, okay, hold on. Talk about adults. Those who are older than us, those mm-hmm. who are older than you do not necessarily know more. And they do not know better. Mm. And we can even go to research because mm. I'm the nerd that loves the research stuff. That whole elder, like people who are older know more because of experience, stops mm. at 24. So 24, oh, wow. it is now equalized, y'all. And I would venture to say my perception, it's it's younger depending on some things. Okay. So just, I would say advice number one, those elder, those adults, those people older than you do not always know best. They don't always know what's better for you. Number two, life can get better and better and better and better. I, mm. I come up with a lot of, there's a, there's like the transitions, right? Of like, oh, I've lived the best days of my life or the best day of my life, my wedding, the kids, college, right? Being a teen, whatever it is. And I would just want to offer that it's actually possible. And from experience, like life can just get better. There's magic. There is magic in growing old. Fucking A. It's amazing. So just know that there's, it's not limited, right? Like we can have an amount of best days. There's no like set, like you are allowed only seven <laughs> in your whole life. So let's not stress out about yeah. that anymore. Mm-hmm. And young adults, the third piece of advice would be, this is just the beginning of making choices for yourself. So I know that there's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves to make the right decisions. And we feel that if we're not making the right decisions, we're going to royally screw up our lives, the rest Mm -hmm. of our lives. Y'all have 85 more years. (laughs) It's just the beginning. If you decide you make a choice and it's not a good one, you get to change and Mm -hmm. um, always changing. Right. So I would just say, make the choices that feel the best to you at any given moment that bring you the most happiness that feel the the best to you and trust it and then go from there. And tomorrow you're going to make another choice. And then in a month you're going to make more choices. And at some point down the line, you know, life, that's where you're living your life. My gosh, that is so good. So, so good. CL, my baby, my girl, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast and for sharing your gifts your passion, your audacity. Thank you. You are needed. You are so needed. That is something my client recently told me. Oh. She recently told me, she was like, you are so needed and I can't wait to see what you do. And CL, you are so needed and I can't wait to see what else you do. So tell the people where they can find you. I'm on social. I should spell this out because I've got two long names. So it's at C-I-E-L-L-E-A-M-U-N-D-S-O-N. So at C.L. Amundsen on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn. And uh, my name is also the website. So you can come visit me anytime. 
you cannot spell, it will be in the show notes. <laughs> Two weird names. <laughs> oh, and that's also, oh, talk about audacity. I did not take my husband's name, y'all. And yes, he's still, I still love him and he still loves me. Like, best marriage ever without taking his name. It's possible. Hey, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, it would have been easier, though, spelling-wise, but whatever. Why make life easier? It's whatever. It's, it's your name. They're going to learn it. They're going to appreciate it. They're going to love it. They're going to deal with it. There you go. And if they can't deal with it, well, they're going to have to deal with it anyway. They're going to deal because that's what it is. matter. Oh my gosh. I love you. Thank you so much for this space. And thank you for your, what you are creating in this world. Really. You're so welcome. Thank you. That means a lot. And I love you too, girl. Okay. <laughs> well, we're totally like loving on each other. I wish. No, it's okay. It is so important. It is important. They're <laughs> like coming out of my heart. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for attending this week or listening to this week's podcast. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed our energy and talking about audacity. And just remember, guys, you can fucking do it. Because if you're not going to do it, who else is going to do it? Believe in yourself. All right. Peace out. Please like, share with your mama, your daddy, your grandma, your grandpa, your grandma's grandpa, your grandpa's grandma, grandma, daddy, dog helicopter whoever <laughs> tag us on social media and let us know what you thought of this episode all right y'all peace out thank you for listening to talk your shit podcast i'd love to connect with you on instagram at queen underscore of diamonds let me know what you thought of today's episode by leaving a review and tagging me on social media stay audacious and i'll catch you in the next episode